the Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Welcome to the Long Story Short, the weekly podcast on Burn Media. I'm Liz Calloway. If you're enjoying the Long Story Short, be sure to like it and share it with your friends. We all need to work together to save America. And now on with the show. It's Long Story Short with Liz Calloway. Well, someone who knows a lot about reputations, a PR strategist and crisis management uh, guy, is Adam Weiss. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Adam, I wanted to just ask you uh, a question uh, about Elon Musk's reputation. Uh, They're saying that he's not looking like a genius right now. He's looking like he made a big mistake. He knows he made a big mistake with buying Twitter. I think stories are dependent on the time frame in which we're looking at them, right? So right now he's for sure uh, not holding up uh, his end of the bargain and, and the promise that he had said that he would deliver for Twitter. But, you know, maybe a year from now when we talk, maybe the story will be very, very different. So I think uh, the story over the weekend from the Washington Post is, is correct in saying that his reputation is in question. And I think the big picture for me is that it's coming into question at a really, at the worst time for him. Uh, all of the macro conditions Conditions, you know, not only here in the U.S. but also abroad, are in against him, his his favor, really? right? I mean, you look at China. Who is I mean, this that's person? a story that's not going away. Oh. <laughs> that market uh, for EVs is the largest in the world. Market yeah. share for Tesla there. She goes on to say, "Yeah, his, well, Tesla's his, stocks are down. Yeah, his sure. reputation with Twitter is impacting his reputation when it comes to all, all of right. his companies." Adam Weiss, what is your take on this? You know all about managing reputations. I think he got a great rep, uh, reception when he went to visit the, uh, you know, the armed forces the other day, and they were just ecstatic to see him. So I think the people see through it. I think, uh, you know, public sees through. I just think he's just being hammered so much by the media establishment because all he's doing is bringing a little freedom to Twitter, right? And mm-hmm. just, you know, releasing these notes and these memos and this. Uh, such corruption that was happening during the election, before the election, during COVID, that he's become the enemy of the state, he's become the enemy of the press. And and then they do such, I don't know, I really don't know in my whole history of teaching and covering communications and public relations, Christ, man, somebody who's got such bad press over the last two months, other mm-hmm. than Donald Trump, probably. Right. And then, they, and then they'll write a story and say, well... Is his reputation in a bad place? Because the stock's going up. Well, duh, every day there's a hit job in the mm. biggest papers in the country, the biggest TV stations in the country. And over what? They're digging into everything of his personal life, business life. And of course you're going to take a hit. So, But good thing is he's moving forward. He's keeping it going. He hasn't stepped down as CEO yet, and he's, he's holding up there. What would be your advice for Elon Musk, if he was one of your PR clients, you know, would you consider him being in a crisis moment right now? I think he's fine. I think he's doing the right thing. He hasn't, you know, as a lot of people wouldn't would would uh, you know break down under this pressure and just like quickly get a new CEO and say, you know, I'm going to have uh, restrictions. We're going to have different methods to check people's freedom on Twitter. But he's he's moving fast and furious and forward of the things he promised and why he bit Twitter, why he bought Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, they're so afraid the left, media, the FBI, to have freedom. It's just, we live in such a scary state right now that a little bit of freedom they're scared of. It's really such a, a sad state of our country right now that just a tiny bit of freedom that is scaring them all. Adam, I... And, I but I think... Oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that I was reading that you were uh, co-chair of uh, Donald Trump's uh, New York State Victory Organization. Uh, and so and I believe we interviewed you around that time. What I, I need to ask about Trump um, is when, you know, have you ever given him any advice regarding things that he tweets or, or anything like that? Or is anybody able to do any such thing? I mean, through the media, I said, you know, the one thing Trump's done, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a mixture of good and bad, right? It's just, the good thing is if he didn't have this, you know, this attitude, this fighting spirit of his, we probably wouldn't have rallies of 20,000 people, mm-hmm. Instagram influences in the millions all over the place, social media, you know, creators that have popped up in the conservative libertarian space because of Trump. Mm. He's, he's created these unbelievable fight is female males and that's one the good thing about it but if i had to give an advice conservatism populism can be done with a smile can be done with a gentle touch you do the same policies you can sign the same deals you can do the same speeches but do it with a little bit of a smile because you know a female particularly females don't like when you constantly attack so you lose people in the middle not stop and he has the spirit where always attacking the media, always attacking someone that hits them. Mm-hmm. When you're at that level, and the United States government is actually as president, you just have to ignore it. You have to stand there with a smile. It bothers you. You're a fighter. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, and then people, then you won't lose the middle. Because we win elections right in the middle, right? You're always going to have the right. Yeah. You're always going to have That's the left. True. You're going to have them. You're going to vote. There's a small sliver of 10 12%. And that makes a difference. And if you turn them off because you're too harsh, we're going to lose these states. And that's what happened to a lot of these states. Kerry Lake, she turned into a Trump as a female, right? Mm-hmm. She turned a lot of people yeah. off. Yeah, you, I mean, you have a point there. So, I, I mean, I, I'm listen, I'm a New Yorker in in my heart originally. And I, I listen, I can brawl. I could go total Brooklyn. You know, but a lot of times I like bite my tongue a lot, uh, especially in this position. I bite my tongue a lot and I let people just say what they're going to say and I don't have to hit back. So I do understand because there is power in not hitting back. But it's, I think, so ingrained in him. He just, he, he, I don't know, he he may lack a little control in that neighborhood. I live, I lived in the Westville. I live in the Westville. I lived in the Westville for 25 years, Mm -hmm. probably the top five or 10 most liberal towns, cities, villages in the country. People are like, how do you live there? How do you get away? Yeah. I have tons of Democratic friends, liberal mm. friends. You have to preach conservatism with a smile, right? Right. And don't let people say bother you. And the best example you have that the biggest landslide ever, Ronald Reagan, constantly had a smile, constantly you know was what? joking. Good point. Yeah. That's a really good point, and we're big fans of Ronald Reagan, so, uh, yeah. Right, so, Definitely. but, you know, because of Trump's attitude, he did attract tons of people, so he did, he created a lot of uh, quality to the movement, so mm-hmm. I, I, the edges have to come off, but can you really do that at 76, 77 <laughs> years old? That's a difficult task. We're speaking you know. with Adam Weiss. So, so why can't my grandpa? Why can't my grandpa change a little bit? Why can't you know <laughs> you Uncle that. change a little bit? Not changing people at seventies and eighties, right? Do you think that? Um, and we're speaking with Adam Weiss. He's a, a PR strategist uh, out of New York. 
what do you think about Trump running in 2024? Um, it is, it, you know, I mean, you talked a little bit about how there are some tweaks that may be needed in order to appeal to a greater amount of people. But, you know, we just uh, were talking about how the subpoenas were dropped and they're doing the victory lap on that. What do you think the impact of the J6 hearings will be? Um, and and moving forward in 2024, what advice would you give Trump? He's going to Trump's going to Trump's going to be Trump. And he's going to, you know, the advice is like I, we were just discussing last five minutes. You got to create a little bit of softer image because as we sit here and as we speak and as the Democrats control election boards and the mail-in ballots and the ballot harvesting and many states that are so difficult for us to win right now, we're losing these votes. And if it was Trump versus so-and-so in Georgia, would you get any more votes than Herschel Walker got? Hmm. Probably not. Where's he going to get them from? Out of thin air? Right? So somehow there has to be a gentle way to attract more votes than than Dr. Oz got in Pennsylvania, because if you lose those Pennsylvania, Georgia, we're out. So there has to be a better way, middle way. If Governor Kemp can get it, Governor Kemp had a battle with Trump two years ago because of the election, right? He didn't mm-hmm. want to overturn it. He didn't want to look into it more. But you really never saw him lose it. You know, mm-hmm. get you never saw him get mean-spirited or fight back or send tweets his way. He was always calm. and He's got that Southern charm folk, folk about him, Southern charm. He smiles all the time. And they like that in the South, right? They don't, people I, in the South and the Midwest, they don't like that new... When they go to New York, usually, you know, you get these tourists, they come and they go, oh, I met a New Yorker, and he was so tough on me, you know? <laughs> they like it when they're sitting in a comedy show. Mm-hmm. I really don't like it when all the time, you know what I mean? Well, you know, we get accused for being rude, but it's really about being to the point, you know, more about, right. it's more about abruptness than being rude. You're just trying to, you know, cut right. to the chase. Um, all right. So I need to ask you then, uh, with all of this in mind, uh, with Trump possibly running, you know, he picked Pence last time, maybe to soften the edges. Who do you think he might choose as vice president if, um, you know, he wants to soften the edges? I mean, who do you think he might choose or should he choose? You know, I'm thinking if I had to pick a few of the top picks, he likes, I know he's close with Christy Nome, South Dakota, that checks the box for a female. Mm-hmm. You got Tom Scott, who's, who's he's another, we were just discussing Tom Scott, Senator of South Carolina. Oh, African yeah, Tim American Scott. That's our, that's our senator, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always, he's another, he's kind of what we just pre, what I just preached mm-hmm. was. You're right. Uh, politicians with a smile. He brings that to the table. Maybe he can pluck a little more of the minority vote, more of the moderate vote. So Tim Scott, Christy Nome, you know, we can look at. Okay. So I think those are the two. And uh, I had to pick another one, you know. I know a lot of people were saying DeSantis, and of course, we found out that he can't. He can't do it anyway um, because they're both from the same state. But I don't think it would have been a good idea anyway. I can't imagine, you know, a bull and a half in a china closet. You can't have two alphas in a room together. <laughs> no. I worked with a guy. I worked with a fellow called Anthony Scaramucci. Oh, no. Did you? He's a larger-than-life yeah, larger person. 
walks in a room. He consumes the room. He's uh-huh. a character. People look at him like, oh, and he took that to the White House. And the alpha in that room is President Trump. You mm-hmm. can't be, you can't have two, it's like you can't have two positive uh, electric, you know, mm-hmm. going into electric outlet. What happens? <laughs> that's why you're a positive and negative, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's he... what happened. That's what happened while he lasted 10 days. It just, but then he spontaneously combusted, and when he left, I mean, he could have left good enough alone and just move on, but he, why did he so the ego, I really did, because I just think, ego, you know, I went around with him on a, on, a, on a book tour, and the first book, the book was the pro-Trump, and and he likes to be loved. He's got a, maybe a small person figure, uh, mm. complexion, uh, and they didn't love him. He didn't walk into NBC Today show. He didn't walk into <laughs> Fox. He didn't walk into they love him. Why? Because he was still pro-Trump. Mm. Even with his personality, he was a larger than my personality. He usually wins people over. Didn't have it. I think that he aided, he aided him the whole time that he wasn't beloved anymore because yeah. he was pro-Trump. You're pro-Trump. You're not going to be loved by the media. And it hurts people. And that's why a lot of them turn on them. They get the book deals. They turn them. And all of a sudden, like flipping a switch, the media is calling them. Yeah, we're speaking with. And Adam. all of a sudden, once he turned on him, boom! Yeah. We need you, Anthony. We like you again. It that's how they are. They, they were with, the, with everybody yeah. like that for sure. Even that other guy, uh, yeah. the creepy porn lawyer. Okay, so and I some I, lowly I, aide he had in the White House who testified. They didn't. Nobody knew who she was. All of a sudden, she's bright star. Who's that? She's telling is? people what happened. No, there's another one that was testified on January 6th that that's, he was battling. He was fighting people, and he was fighting people. In the limo. Yeah, Remember? it was Cassidy Hutchinson. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. That's right. And, yeah, so, her, and the, even Hope Hicks, we found out, um, you know, she was a rising star. Everyone was glomming on to her. Um, and uh, then, you know, now she's said all sorts of stuff. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and we're speaking with Adam Weiss, a, a PR strategist and crisis manager. What would you, what kind of advice would you give to Representative George Santos out of New York? The one who lied about oh, everything. There's uh, another one I worked with for a month. So. You did? I knew, I, knew, I knew him for two years. I, I didn't want to really go out there because, you know, I had a client. He's a client. I didn't want to, you know, talk badly about a client. But here we are. He asked me the question. Really sneaky, quick story I've never really told to anybody except for friends. He, he hires me. I've known him for two years, supported him. We engage in the PR and the communications and the press operations. He's a big diva. Get me on Fox. Get me on TV. Get me on TV. We're getting him a lot of press. All of a sudden, I get a letter from general consultant. We don't need your services anymore. Boom. Hmm. Oh, okay. I don't need. I didn't need the stress anymore either. He's such a diva. All of a sudden, two weeks later, an employee of my staff, but she says, "I'm leaving to go work." I said, "Where well, you leave?" She said, "I'm going to work for a congressman. A congressman. So she's going to Washington." Fast forward a month, month, month and a half later, I'm still going to support George at one of his fundraisers. I bring a couple people. You know, I know everything he said was kind of shady, but you just, mm. I walk into the fundraiser, the girl that just worked for me comes out of the elevator with a clipboard. <laughs> so wow. I'm like, so all of a sudden I start steaming. I'm like, he stole the girl that worked for me. Wow. So he didn't have to pay me. And wow. I went outside, I called my partner, I said, do you know what this guy just did, blah, blah, blah. He just, I said, I just leave the fundraiser with my people. He said, nah, you know, go to the higher ground. 
it'll come back to bite them. Mm-hmm. Go back in and, and do it. So that's an example of George Santos. Yeah, well, did. okay. And I'm looking back now and I'm saying, if he kept me, there's no way. I'm from Brooklyn, right? I'm from New York. <laughs> I've been a dozen jobs. There's yeah. no way this BS that he did along the line was going to get past me. So he plucked a 23-year-old mm-hmm. as his press person from my office. Cause, and then the other eight he had, the fundraiser was 23. So I'm looking back now and saying, purposely probably did that on purpose, uh, just to have all these really young staffers because he can get away with all the BS. Well, I mean, I thought that, and I don't know if you had a chance to see him with um, Tulsi Gabbard. She was filling in for Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was just like, "Have you no shame?" You know, and, he, and he's like, "Well, the the Democrats lie all the time, and Biden lies all the time." And she's like, "I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you." Uh, and, and I'm just wondering, what kind of advice do you give a person like that? Do you bow out? Do you, uh, you know, try and get the spotlight off of you and just move on? What do you? What would you tell somebody that's been caught in so many lies? It's worked for. Um... I'd say I'd say it's a, I'd say it's a train wreck, and I say you have to resign because, and you'll build a just be happy. You're building a different another career. <laughs> you have this fame. You could turn it around. Nobody's really gotten this much fame. Look at that over a two week period. Mm-hmm. You can turn this around. I'm telling you, there'll be a comeback. But you can't go get a job. Whatever it is, you and I go get a job, Liz. We lie. We didn't go to the school. We don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. HR hires us. Management hires us. They find that everything was false. They fire us the next day. Of course, he yeah. did the same exact thing ten times fold, mm-hmm. but he did it to two hundred fifty thousand people that voted. <laughs> You're not going to like get fired right away. You no, no. We're going to keep you on the job for two years because you lied about ten things. No, come on, you can't do that. Yeah. He lied about everything. It's social media lied. He never went to college. He said, I went to Baruch. I went to NYU. He didn't even go to school. It's really bad. And then he's like, in the, in the interview with Tulsi, he's like, well, we just say Jewish. Wait, not Jewish. <laughs> I never heard people say that in my whole life. Jewish. What does that mean, even? <laughs> you, have to, you have to give him an A for, you know, for creativity. That's I mean, it was, an ab- <laughs> it was an absolute train wreck, that interview. It was, I mean, it's, it was a fascinating train wreck, wasn't it? But he keeps doing these interviews. So it just goes to show to what you're saying. His ego is just, he's just, he has no perception of how people perceive him. He has no understanding. So, did she, so she gave this statement, the same girl that left my firm gave a statement to CBS and other stations the same, that same night saying it's because this is what she blamed it on because she's the first gay Republican oh. elected to Congress. Wow. That's why he's getting attacked. And he's not the first gay. There's been other Republicans and that's the worst statement you can come up with. I would, I would say the reverse, probably the reason he got passes is because the GOP was trying to be inclusive and brought and, and so happy that they did elect the gay Republican that they probably didn't look as hard hard into his uh, mm. resume and passed as they should have. That's terrible. I don't get it. I don't get why they would do such a thing. Um, okay. So uh, what else do we have to talk about? I think... Uh, well, George, I mean, George is, uh, you know, he really has to, to do some reflection, reflection here, self-reflecting, mm-hmm. and really know that these are not fibs. These are out of, outright lies. You know, when I was with them in the Hansons one day, because I have an investment property, and he's like, yes, I just bought a house in West Hampton. I'm only getting 800 a night. I'm like, that's all. 
found that that's a lie too. Wow. He told my one of my colleagues he's worth twenty two million dollars. <laughs> At like 24 years old. It's just one lie. So it's absolutely, you know, I, I was talking really about him. Wrong. I was talking about him earlier about that. And, and I was saying, you know, do you ever meet somebody that lies constantly, never stops lying, lies about stupid things that don't even matter, but they just need to lie about it. And I've, those. I've had a, yeah. I've had a, lot, a bunch of those friends in New York. You know, <laughs> somehow you just laugh at them. You keep them as a friend, but you know, 50, 70% of what they're saying is a bunch of crap. So how can that, yes. how can but that you know, person you, run, be but, in office? It's ridiculous. But just the friends I have, well, yeah, they're harmless, right? You know, mm-hmm. maybe they're a real estate agent or yeah. this or that. But, but this is, this, this is guys, the United States congressman. You can't have that. Well, you know, but, and but I, Elizabeth Warren gets away with it and Joe Biden has gotten away with it for decades. And it's like they get a free pass. I mean, how can you how can you deal with a senator running for office who lied about her heritage of being a Native American to get ahead using that? I mean, taking a spot away from somebody who is more who is deserving of it. She's not even I mean, they get free passes to people for all sorts of stuff that are in politics. I never understand that. Well, we know by this point in our lives, there's one set of rules for Democrats, there's one set of rules for Republicans. Conservatives, they always get a free pass. Yeah. They're never looked into. With the New York Times, I've done an extensive deep dive a couple of weeks, a few weeks after the election into a Democratic congressman-elect. No mm-hmm. way. No well, way. Maybe you need to find more Democrats that are your clients. It'll be a lot easier for you. <laughs> but this is going to set an example. This is gonna, I think this is got a new example that everybody running for Congress next cycle is going to really have to thoroughly look into their colleges, universities, their job history, deep opposition research. Yeah, absolutely. Or e- e- you, you can even be your own. You don't have to be the opposition. We should vet our own candidates. So we took 435 of those congressmen and went deep. Did you really work here? Did you really work there? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. we find a lot of discrepancies. So easy to but, figure that you know, out, we have, too. We're better. We have, we have to set better examples than have a an elected congressman lie about absolutely everything. It was one thing, maybe a little slip, two things, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam, I, I just have to point out one more thing that we saw uh, today, that Bill Cosby <laughs> is actually thinking about going on a comedy tour, which is a joke and a half. He's 86. I thought he was so sickly and blind and blah, blah, blah in jail, right? But now he's thinking about going on a comedy tour. And you have O.J. Simpson... Okay, we all believe that he's the killer. Um, You know, he's uh, constantly doing video, live videos from golf carts, you know, all over the country. I'm wondering how it's these people are just always um, I don't know. Do they think more about themselves than than they they than they know that how the public perceives them? It's like, why? How could they possibly even think? that anybody is going to give them any credence at all. But I guess there are people who do. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they you live in a world that nothing that ever happened in the past is, is they should take responsibility for or, yeah. you know, have a cleaner path in life. They're just, you know, mm. thinking what's the next way to get their ego up or the next way to get some traction or money. It's just, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That they re- you know, that the media and cultures rehabilitated OJ to a point where, you know, he celebrated at times. People just see him and take photographs. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I would never want a selfie with that individual. All right. Well, thank you so much, Adam. It was so much fun talking with you. Um, are, are you ever on Twitter yourself? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Adam Matthew. Okay. All right. Well, me. <laughs> thank you for having me, and Happy New Year to you and you. Yes, Happy New Year, Year to you. In, enjoy Miami. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank you, Liz. Bye-bye. The Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Thank you for downloading Long Story Short. If you need to reach me, you can always email me at LizCallowayLLC at gmail.com. That's Callaway with all A's. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a review, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Liz Calloway.